Hi again, everybody. This is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the destination for high performers. This is the podcast where we talk to people from different industries, different niches, um, and find out a little bit about their success techniques, um, and also those things that they're doing to create big moves in their area and in their niches. Um, So today, we are going to follow along that vein. We have a really cool guest that we're going to uh, talk to in just a couple of minutes. Um, I think you're going to be really happy with um, what we're going to come out from uh, today. Um, a couple of uh, quick notices. Um, Jazz HR, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that uh, they're one of our supporters. Um, and they right now, when when you are an organization, maybe a small or medium-sized organization that is looking to hire now that we're starting to open some more things up, um, if you're doing that and, and struggling a bit with how to track it or how to get the word out there into different platforms, um, they can definitely help out with you. So if you go to our website, which is www.bigidea.com, bigmoves.com. There's a link there. Take a look at it and uh, and definitely um, see whether it makes sense for your company uh, over the next little while. Uh, On the other side of things, um, there are lots of people that are looking for work or will be looking for work. And whether it's because you're out of a role because of what's happened recently, or if you've just decided, hey, I I maybe want to to change up what I do over the next little while. Um, Epitome HR has uh, released a few kind of career coaching packages, and that's to help you look at your LinkedIn might help you look at your resume and just prepare you for interviews. Um, they usually are working with companies on the other side of things, so they can tell you some of the tricks of, of uh, um, you know, what an ATA, an applicant tracking system looks for, um, and also what would appeal to a recruiter. So, um, so definitely take advantage of that. Same website, um, www.bigideabigmoves.com, and you can follow the link through there and uh, and see whether it makes sense for you. Uh, so today, really happy we've uh, we've got Pooja Honda with us today. Um, and she is an award-winning broadcaster. A lot of you um, probably recognize her from Toronto, Toronto's number one morning show, CP24 Breakfast. Um, so she's the co-host of that. Um, she has been a news anchor, a reporter, um, a traffic reporter, an entertainment host, has done all of the things in, in that industry. Um, she's hosted a lot of large events too. So you um, probably have seen her at the Toronto International Film Festival. Um, she often hosts the Pride Parade in Toronto. Um, the Toronto Raptors uh, big celebration parade after if you were in Toronto you know that that was a huge event um, here in Toronto Um, and uh, she's a a repeat guest on on shows like The Social so she uh, uh, has definitely built a really strong career in uh, broadcasting and entertainment Um, and we are really happy to have you here Pooja thank you for taking time out of a really busy schedule it sounds like too so uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me you know this is such a interesting time isn't it during this pandemic all sorts of things that I never thought I would see myself doing, like a podcast and connecting with people this way. It's actually been really awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it opens up a lot of doors, but it also means it's. Uh, we were talking before we came on here about how everybody's trying to figure out how does this work and how does it uh, how is it different than it was even you know six months ago. We probably would have talked very differently. So this is actually uh, kind of cool that we're all trying to figure it out at the same time. Yeah, totally. Um, so the one thing is, is, you know, you've heard all of the things that you're doing today, um, but a lot of people who are probably listening are trying to figure out, you know, um, you know, is, is Pooja just really kind of lucky to get into some of the roles that she's in? I know that there's a, it's a very competitive industry and you probably had to uh, be pretty resilient in, in how you got where you are today. Can, can you just talk to us a little bit about how you built the career you have? Like, where did, where did that start and how did uh, you get into that career? Sure. Um, I, how much time do you have? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Long story. Um, no, you know, I, I do think luck does 
play a role for sure. Um, in my case, I, I actually happen to be at the right place at the right time. But in the lead up to that, um, it's quite interesting. So when uh, I was 18, I decided to move to New York City to become an actress. So I applied at the uh, New York Academy of Dramatic Arts. Um, I got in and I was like, I'm going to be an actress. The rest is history. We're done. I'm going to yeah. follow my dream. You know, when you're a teen, you're very idealistic about the world and you think that if you dream it, it will happen. And it doesn't mean it won't. It's just that it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. I got there and it was a whole new world, especially at 18. Um, I couldn't afford to be there. My parents, unfortunately, just did not have the money for me to be there. Everything they had saved for my entire education, I blew in one year. And I realized very quickly, I wasn't able to work there legally, that this dream of mine was probably not going to happen. And it was financial reasons that I needed to come back. And so I decided to come back to Toronto. I was going to instead look into broadcast journalism. And I thought, just in case broadcast journalism doesn't work out for me, I should have a backup plan. And I think maybe I learned that because of what happened in New York yeah. um, in having a backup plan. So I decided to get my BA in women's studies at York while I also went to Seneca and got my diploma in broadcast journalism. So I was doing both at the same time. Um, and right before I graduated, I started interning at radio stations at various places. And one of the places I interned at was global television. Yeah. So I was working behind the scenes, um, getting coffee supplies. I was answering phones. Uh, you know, it wasn't like anything significant what I was doing, but it was part of learning how a newsroom operates. It was part of being a sponge and taking it all in and, you know, really understanding what went into putting on a newscast, which yeah. you learn in school, but you don't really know until you're in the environment. So anyway, doing that, that led to a paid behind the scenes job as an editorial assistant. And all while I was doing that, I was also volunteering in other places on air, um, doing free, anywhere to sort of get my, you know, one, my hone my skills, but two, just to get a presence. And uh, they were going to be launching a new morning show on global and because i worked there behind the scenes they had to give me an interview um i had the interview it did not go well uh, <laughs> it uh, lasted about five minutes meaning they were not really that interested in me i was a kid right out of school sure the girl behind the scenes who was delivering the scripts to the on-air talent uh, you know i was rolling the teleprompter i wasn't somebody they saw that way um, and anyway, that was, that was that. I knew I didn't get the job. And in the meantime, I was offered a job somewhere else paid on air. So I gave my notice that I was leaving and I got a call from my supervisor and she said, don't take that other job. And I said, why? And she said, you know, they're seriously considering you for this, this morning show. And I said, well, that's impossible because... <laughs> My whole interview lasted five minutes. They didn't really ask me anything. How, what are you talking about? And they said, well, the truth is we offered it to somebody else and they turned it down. And we're two weeks away from launch and we have nobody. And they decided to look at your tape. They thought you could do it. So, you know, do you want it kind of thing? Do you want to come in for another interview? And I was like, oh, all right. It wasn't the first choice. Um, I was the desperate choice. <laughs> They gave me an opportunity and, you know, go figure They hadn't even looked at my tape before that. Again, probably because they already had somebody in mind 
already knew what they wanted. And that was the luck part, right? Is that I was at the right place at that time. Um, but you but created that luck in many ways. Like that's the thing is that I, I think if you, even just tracking back to what you did before then about you know how you, how you did all of the kind of intern type of role and all of the you know probably volunteer stuff at the time mixed with eventually paid. But I think a lot of people don't realize, especially in an industry at that time, there was a, you had to basically pay dues before you even had a job in order to get to have that opportunity. And yes, maybe you were lucky because the opportunity came up, but boy, there's a lot that comes up before that. Yeah. And I mean, look, and then that opened the door because they gave me a chance or they took a chance on me. Um, you know, I did five years on that, on that morning show. I ended up at CP24 after that. I've been there for 12 years now. When I joined CP24, my title on my contract was actually anchor, reporter, weather, traffic, post. And I did it all. And I did radio. I even, I did anything and everything um, to really just sort of get on my feet and be a really great broadcaster. And that's really the only way to do it is to try everything, say yes to everything. And so I did. And I think that's really helped me as a broadcaster. The fact that I could ad lib weather and traffic made me a better reporter and an anchor and a host as a result. Yeah. And, and that translates into any industry. I mean, it's it, whatever industry you're trying to go into, I think being able to take those opportunities when they come up, it means that doors will open eventually be, and you'll be ready for them. So, um, so uh, that's great. I, I, the other thing that you kind of mentioned really quickly there is the impact that um, I think your parents had um, being able to kind of help you get started on that path, even though, you know, I know it was, it was difficult when you went to New York and things like that. Can you, can you just talk about the influence that your parents had at that time? Yeah, my parents have always been um, really supportive of whatever it is that I've wanted to do. And, you know, not everybody is lucky enough to have parents who are supportive of a career path that maybe isn't as traditional. Yeah. Um, it's very competitive, as you mentioned. And at the end of the day, we were not in a financial position where I could be taking those kind of risks because I needed an income and I needed yeah. to help pay for things. And eventually, you know, I couldn't rely on my mom and dad to pay for things. They would have loved to. They just, we were living off of a single income. So um, they always encouraged me to go after my dreams and never said no. So even though it probably was not a good idea for me to take all of their savings that they had, you know, putting away when I was two years old for my education, probably not the smartest thing to do is to blow it in one year in New York, but it was just that expensive to live there. However, they never stopped me and they never said, don't do it. They said, you know, you have to, you have to go through this experience because you're going to grow. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And, you know, you'll find what that next thing is. And so uh, afterwards, it meant that I had to work a couple of jobs to pay my way through school, um, which I value that experience so much. So uh, I think my parents really taught me the value of a dollar. And I think it's, it helps in everything I do because I remember working at Global, but then also going to the Bay and working a retail job. You know, I was doing that at the same time until one salary could actually, you know, support me in a way that was comfortable. Yeah. I, and there's a certain amount of resiliency that probably comes with that type of thing happening early in your career. Would you say that, you know, it's, it's really kind of helped you continue and maybe build that career is because of that resiliency muscle you've kind of built up over time? Yeah. And I think also I've, I'm one of those people who's been told no a lot. And I, I love hearing no because when I was 
Yeah, I'll show you. Yeah. I, I'm really always looking for another way. So I, I've never been the person where, and look, my first experience is a perfect example of that. I've never been the first choice. <laughs> I'm the person who's like, oh my gosh, she would be awesome. I'm always the, oh, well, let her fill in. And then I surprise people. Or, you know, um, because I've always sort of had a way of resonating and connecting with an audience. And I don't know that it was necessarily purposeful. I don't know that I knew what I was doing. I think I was just trying to be myself um, and be relatable with my own experiences, my own life experiences that, that really sort of worked for me. Yeah. Um, and over time, it's helped me in some of my roles but again it's not because anybody thought oh i thought i think Pooja's going to be really great here it's me saying well how would i try this or do you mind if i do a story this way or i know i'll volunteer to do this and then if you like it then we can do that you know it's always sort of this workaround uh, mentality of if you say no don't worry i'll find another way yeah yeah and, and it, it did you have somebody who modeled that for you that uh, or did it is it kind of innate for you? Like, did, did you have a, a mentor that you thought, okay, yeah, this is, this is, and they've given you that advice or is it something you've just kind of had and developed over time? I think that you have to one, obviously have confidence in what you're doing and in your skill. And for me, I've always been the type of person who, if I'm going to do something, I want to master it. So I, you know, I, by no means am I perfect and I'm always working on it, but that's what I'm doing. I'm always honing my skills. So even when I was not on air and I was working behind the scenes. I was still honing those skills. I was practicing. I was that person in the mirror with the, the hairbrush, you know, yeah. pretending to be a reporter on. <laughs> um, so I think because of that, there is something about being told no and then saying, oh yeah, I'm going to show you because I know I can do it. I know that I have the chops. I may not have the experience and I may not have the opportunity to showcase it. I may not have the platform, but I'm going to find a way. Wow. Okay. And so now, now you've got this, uh, um, you've got a certain level where, you know, you are now having to interview people at, let's say, a, 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 you know, people that are celebrities and people that have a high profile. Um, I guess two questions. One is when you first had to do that, did you find it intimidating? And, and if so, you know, were there certain people that were intimidating? Um, and then the other side is, is now that, you know, you're probably a little more comfortable with it. Um, do you, uh, is there something that surprised you about kind of having to deal with people at that level that, that maybe you didn't think of? So a, a lot of questions there, but, but kind of those two different ones. Well, yes. Um, to answer your question about being intimidated, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I think if you're not scared, it probably means you don't care. Um, I care. And I actually like the feeling of being scared. You know, there is something exciting about it. Maybe it's the adrenaline. Maybe it's, you know, just not knowing, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? There's an excitement in that. Um, but at the same time, I know that I've done the work. I've done the research. I'm prepared. And at the end of the day, we're having a conversation and a celebrity is really just a person, you know, they, yeah. they have huge entourages. They have, uh, you know, achieved a great level of success, but they, at the end of the day, everybody has something in common, which is we all want to be seen and heard. And I think as long as you treat them like people, uh, you look them in the eye and you don't make it about the celebrity part and, you know, the part that, is a role or a character or an accomplishment and instead you make it about them as people you really can find a connection and i think the more i've done it i've learned that that you know my my in has always been coming from a very human 
you know, place of how are you doing? Oh, have you been to the city before? Or like, oh, really? Oh, okay. Or are you, you know, you must be missing your family. Like very uh, simple things that connect us as human beings that we can all relate to um, instead of, oh my gosh, I loved you in that, you yeah. know, which inside it's, you know, I'm fangirling, that's the thing. But yeah, so I, I, I do find it intimidating. I do find it scary. Um, sometimes you make it up in your own mind that a celebrity is going to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. You meet them and you're disappointed. And that part's been hard because, you know, you have, you, you think you know them and obviously you don't. Um, and sometimes that can be a little disappointing, but it's also been a good lesson that, you know, at the end of the day, all these people look up to you and all these people, you know, are fans of your, your music or your art. And I think it's really important to remember that, that everybody's a fan and, you know, even in your attitude towards them, you have to remember that, that it means something. You have influence on people. And so um, yeah. when, it, when it happens and it's positive, it's amazing. The few times, and it's been very limited, that it hasn't been, it's, uh, it's usually the, you know, the D-list celebrities who have the biggest egos. How yeah. about that? <laughs> yeah, they the ones that can't afford to nearly as much. But I, you know, it's it's interesting that you say that because there's um, there's so many parallels to um, you know a lot of people that listen to the podcast or CEOs or or those top level people in an organization, and sometimes they don't realize the influence they have because uh, you know they may not see themselves as that you know obviously not in a celebrity way, but they, there is that influence part that sometimes they aren't fully cognizant of how much influence their words have. And even just kind of a, a hello to somebody um, is interpreted very differently than in their head. It's just, you know, it, it was a, a two second thing that they probably didn't remember not, not long after that, but understanding that that person may have felt that was a huge interaction in their day and, uh, and what you say can make a big impact. And it's, it's the exact same. Yeah, and it all comes back to that, again, that connection, right? I mean, at the end of the day, everybody just wants to be seen and heard. So whether you're the celebrity or whether you're on the other end, as long as you see people, yeah. you're good. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Um, so you have a really busy time with kind of all of this different, different things in work. How do, you, how do you personally balance that with um, your own kind of life outside of that? Because you, I'm sure you also are a person who gets recognized and all of those things too. Um, but how do you, do you separate it? Do you kind of integrate it? How does that work for you? Well, I love what I do. So, you know, if I ever get stopped and anybody says hello, it's, people are always really kind. And, you know, it's a very intimate thing to show up in people's homes early in the morning because they're getting ready, they're brushing their teeth, right? They're in their bedrooms. And to let us in, it's a big deal. And I I never take it for granted. So I know that when people stop me and say hello, it's because they know me, because I'm a part of their family, you know, I'm a part of their routine in the morning. And that's really sacred and really special. So uh, when that happens, I welcome it. I think it's great. I, I don't think I can really sort of separate it. It's so much a part of who I am. And for the most part, what you see on TV is what you get in real life. There's, there's really not a whole lot that's different. Um, but of course, all the personal stuff that, you know, people don't see, um, you know, I, I don't get the best work-life balance in my line of work. So yeah. my poor family is the one that, that suffers the most because they always just want to see me. And between having a social life and trying to see my family, and then also trying to make time for my husband, it can be a lot. So I do find 
at the balance part I really need to work on and I'm always making an effort to do that. But I think everybody, again, back to connecting with people and what everybody's struggling with is work-life balance. Like everybody goes through this, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and it's finding out, you know, what's what's the best you can do sometimes and with what you have to do. So Exactly. Um so one of the one of the other things is that you are pretty active in the um South Asian community as well and I know you give back a lot and do a lot of uh, a lot in that community and and um uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about, you know, how that how that shaped you personally and and uh, and maybe now more so because you you do have that profile and influence um how you've kind of chosen to kind of give back at that time. Sure, I'm, I'm very, very proud to um, be from India and um, you know, the South Asian community has been so supportive of me throughout the years. I've now been in the business for almost 20 years. So yeah. they have been great supporters. And you know, all growing up, when in my world at least growing up, there weren't a lot of South Asians around me. So we would go to the local temple and I would do performances and do some dances. And I was really part of sort of these cultural events growing up. So that really didn't stop. Um, my, my family actually knows a lot of people as a result. We've been in this country for a long time and we have a lot of friends and they have friends. And so our social circles are huge. So I have a huge support system even that way, which is incredible. But the way I've sort of tried to focus my giving back is I used to host a lot of charity events and, you know, um, be a part of whatever they were doing to raise money and fundraising or whatever it was. But I realized that I have more impact in uh, really dedicating myself to being more of a mentor. So I had a lot of students who have reached out over the years who have asked for advice and who have, you know, wanted to talk to me about my experience and really a lot of the things that you and I are talking about right now. So I've sort of dedicated a lot of my time to that is responding to students, um, you know, trying to have them come in, watch me for a day, see what it is that I do, try to give them some ideas because a lot of younger people these days, they think they know what they want to do, but they're not sure. And sometimes they, they just need to experience it and be immersed in it to really know. So I like to give people those opportunities so they can see what it's really like. Yeah, and, and and I think that's um, that's really important because that industry has changed so much recently, and and um, you know people may not have a really good idea of you know what goes into it and what the different roles are because they see you as the front-facing person, but there's a lot of stuff in the background as well. So it's it's important to see some of that stuff for especially students or people just coming out. Yeah, um, and it's not just South Asian students; it's all students, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I respond to everyone, but you know, I really do um, enjoy taking someone under my wing, sort of thing, and uh, and helping them out because somebody did that for me. So it's it you know that it's so important to pay that forward. Yeah, absolutely makes a, a huge difference. Um, so one of the things I do know that you're you're shifting to a little bit as well is, um, or not shifting, it's an add-on. Uh, you know, again on your work-life balance, I'm sure, <laughs> but but you do um, you you do some workshops and uh, and um, keynotes and things like that for organizations. And um, you know, how how have you started to kind of build that a little, little bit? Because I'm sure people are always asking you to kind of host events and things like that as well. Well, for the longest time, it, that's what it was. It was I would be invited to a school to speak or I'd be invited to, you know, be part of a, a charity event and I would sort of do it that way. And then eventually I realized when people would come up to me at the end of, you know, my speech or whatever it may be, that they would say, you know, that I really could relate to this. Or when you said that, that was, that was me growing up. Or, you know, I wish somebody had said that to me earlier or whatever it was. 
And I realized, well, you know, here's something that I should really do something with um, more than just when I'm asked to do it. I should really put it out there as something I offer to do. So um, yeah, that a lot of it is, is motivational. Some of it is just about connection. And I think we've covered some of that during this podcast as well, is I think that connection part is so important. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that when we have people on our show, uh, I don't get to really speak with them ahead of time. There's always a lot going on. They're coming from another um, you know, station or another interview. And usually I have about two minutes to sort of connect before we start our four minute interview. Yeah. Now, you know, from doing this, four minutes is not a lot to conduct an entire interview. So every word matters, you know, getting to why they're here matters, but also trying to be personable and have a conversation matters. So how do you do all of that? Um, and that's one of my talks as well, because I think it, it expands to other you know, sectors, other industries as well, whether it's, you know, with salespeople or whether it's with your employees or whatever it may be, having that connection in a short amount of time, how do you do that? How do you make sure that you get the most out of people with very little time? Uh, and I feel like I've sort of found it. And that's what one of my talks is about as well. Yeah. I mean, I think that that has such um, a, a breadth of where it could be used. Um, a, a sales, you, you mentioned, but I, I think of even people that are going into interviews and that, um, you know, on the other side of things where we're often, um, you know, coaching recruiters on how do you, how do you make that kind of connection as well? So you're, you're talking about both sides of the fence even is how do you, how do you at least build enough trust so that you get to real answers um, as well, which is, uh, is pretty cool that um, they may be able to kind of tap into something like that. Um, so Pooja, if, if you are somebody like a, a let's see, it's, it's you a couple of years ago, um, who's looking at wanting to go into, um, you know, a, a line of work like yours, or, or at least kind of have a similar career path to you. Um, and, uh, you know, what would be one or two things that you think they could, uh, um, they could do today or, or think through over the next couple of days to, to get themselves kind of moving in the, that direction? What would be your advice there? Well, I think that there are so many more opportunities now than when I started in this business 20 years ago. Uh, social media is a huge platform that I didn't have access to back then, but it is wonderful. There is no longer do people need an executive to say yes. You know, I used to, or I've been telling you about how much I, I've heard no, and you rely on the yes. But when you have all those other platforms, you don't need a yes from an executive, you know, you can put it out there. The people, if they like what you're putting out there, if they like your content, they will follow you. You can, you know, you can really gain a lot of traction and build a resume just doing it on your own. And yeah. so I know some people don't want to hear that because obviously you want to get paid. Um, part of it is paying the bills. Um, but if you really love doing something and this is a passion of yours and you want to hone those skills, this is the best way to do that. Do it by putting it into practice and perfecting it and getting it to a point where you, when you get in front of that executive, you're ready. And if you were in the right place at the right time, it's no problem because yeah. you've been doing it. Well, and so many things that can, can move the learning curve a lot faster than it used to be because you can learn so much on your own before you are reliant on other people that way too. Um, yeah. And I would just say that, you know, I also think that, um, you know, sometimes people, when they hear no, they think that that's somehow a reflection of them and their talent and, you know, what they bring to the table. And I guess my advice is don't look at it that way. If it's, if it's that you have to be better at something, then be better at something. If it's that you have to take another course, take another course. But 
if it's sometimes just that, okay, this, it's not working this way, then what's the workaround? You know, what's another way you can get their attention? Instead of telling them about it, how about you show them? Maybe that's the way that you can get through to where you want to be. So I always just say like, no is going to be a part of life. It's going to be a part of the journey, no matter what you're doing, but you've got to think about what's the next thing. And, And if those doors don't open for you, how are you going to kick them down? Great. And you know what? I think that's the, that's the best way to kind of leave the conversation. That's, that's kind of what you're about. So um, uh, maybe um, one thing is, is if people want to kind of uh, connect with you and, and uh, follow you, what, how, would they, how best can they do that? On my socials, it's Pooja Honda TV, or you can go to PoojaHonda.com. So on my website, there's more on, on the speaking and doing some workshops as well. And you can see what I'm up to. There. But it's also just another way to connect, which is really cool. Cool. Yeah. And we'll make sure in the show notes that we'll have all of that in there too, so that people can uh, connect if they, if they didn't get that right away. Um, the other side would be if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, whatever podcast platform you're on right now, go and make sure you hit the subscribe button because we have lots of cool guests just like Pooja. Um, and uh, we will be doing that every week. So, um, so thanks again for taking the time, Pooja. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, you were an awesome guest. Thanks, Jamie. I appreciate you having me on the show. All right. And we'll see everyone again on uh, Big Idea, Big Moves. 